The question is, can a woman who was a girl like me at one time grow up to be successful? How does she do that? What are the challenges? What are the bumps? How do you overcome them? Who do you talk to? How do you navigate this? Welcome to season five of the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. In this season, we're giving our financial health a checkup with some phenomenal women giving us the prescription for financial wellness. We'll speak to experts on how to educate your children about money, how to address debt, and how to save for home ownership. It's a masterclass on understanding and managing your money. Today's episode is all about the next generation of female leaders, our girls. Stephanie Hull, president and CEO of Girls Inc., joins me to talk about the work they do to empower girls to be strong, smart, and bold. And one of these young women, Kristen Richardson, also joins the conversation to talk about her personal experience with Girls Inc. It's an inspiring discussion. Stephanie and Kristen, thank you so much for being here with us on our Women on the Move podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Stephanie, let's start with you. You're the president and CEO of Girls Inc. So I'd love it if you could tell our audience, what does Girls Inc. focus on and what's the mission? The mission of Girls Inc. is to inspire all girls to be strong, smart, and bold. And we do our work through a combination of direct service and advocacy. We live in a country that systematically shuts girls out of opportunities to grow and achieve and lead. And for girls living in poverty and girls of color, they experience even greater inequities and the consequences of that is magnified. So Girls Inc. is here to open up opportunities to girls today while also systemically making our society more equitable for all girls. Our goal is for all girls to grow up healthy, educated, and independent through Girls Inc. They participate at Girls Inc. in their schools for the most part, or often in a Girls Inc. center in their community. They might attend programs that are part of their school day, or they might come after school or over the summer. And of course, in the current environment, a number of girls are participating in Girls Inc. virtually. What they have in common, though, is at Girls Inc., a girl might have programming in STEM. She might build a a robot in that program. She might be developing a yoga practice in a mind plus body program. She might be learning to invest in the stock market through the economic literacy program. But in any case, through all the programming, she's engaging in hands-on, minds-on experiences. We are pushing her to make mistakes, to take risks, to have fun to develop confidence in herself and in her ability to learn and to lead and and to build community with others. And uh, at Girls Inc., we know that all these girls are just, they're innately powerful. They are the leaders that our future needs. And what we're trying to do is provide them with the tools and opportunities that they need to succeed, to change their own circumstances, and ultimately to change the world. Certainly, all of that is needed for girls everywhere. Tell us where you focus geographically and also what ages the girls are. Our girls are ages 5 to 18, and we have 78 local organizations in 1,600 different sites. So we're operating in 350 cities. We have Girls Inc. in Shelbyville, Indiana. We have New York City. So there's large and small, urban and rural. The programs are delivered year-round for the girls. So there's programming that happens uh, in, the, in the school year, as we said, after school, also in the summertime. The local organizations that serve these girls are deeply part of the community that we find them in. Uh, it's really important to us that those communities are the best place to have girls have experiences that are responsive and relevant. 
to the lives that they lead and to their specific needs. And also tell us more about the socioeconomic background of the girls that you serve. A lot of the girls are first generation and they're first in their families to attend college. They are often girls living in poverty, unfortunately. Uh, they are 78% of them are girls who identify as girls of color. 62% are living in households that are earning $30,000 a year or less. About 12% are coming from households that are earning $10,000 a year or less. But what they also have in common is that they have these leadership qualities that are undeniable. They are leaders in their role models in their communities and in their schools. And Girls Inc. is a really great opportunity for them to really showcase those skills and to take advantage of that. So we here at J.P. Morgan Chase are very excited to have been partners of yours since last year. We sponsor the Economic Literacy Program for Girls, Inc., which just brings us a tremendous amount of pride and really gratitude to be able to work with you. So tell us about the Literacy Program and what it entails. You know, what kind of information are the girls learning? Girls Inc. is thrilled to have this partnership as well. So that is a definitely a, a mutual admiration. The experiences are intensive, they are fun, and there are thousands of girls across the United States and Canada now who are taking advantage of them. The goal really is to give girls the chance to succeed and to lead financially independent lives, that overarching goal. But it's also important for us to inspire girls and to prepare them first to enter college and the workforce and then to achieve leadership positions and maybe also to pave the way for greater equity and also to have people accept that these girls have a voice in all sectors of society. So what we're doing is teaching economic literacy in a culturally sensitive environment. And we're also focusing it on gender specific issues and on age appropriate topics. There are components that are targeted at girls depending on their age. For example, the girls who are the youngest, six to eight years old, are working with games and activities and they do field trips. Their goal is really just to learn to identify money, to count money, and they gain the basic concepts about, you know, how do you use a bank and, and how do you save for the future and why? When they're a little bit older, between ages nine and 11, they have a program called Dollars, Cents, and Me, and that's a way for them to understand economic and financial concepts. It introduces them to topics such as exchanging goods and services, investing, entrepreneurship, budgeting, labor and management. They move on from there when they're 12 to 14 to the program that is called Equal Earners, Savvy Spenders. And that is a way for them to really deepen their knowledge of financial concepts. They understand things like loan options, risk and return on investments, things about consumers and credit card use. They learn about labor laws. And here's where economic equity for women and girls comes in. That's a really important topic to introduce. And work-life balance, which is also really important, especially for girls and women. And finally, the oldest girls in our program, ages 15 to 18, have a course called Futures and Options, which really prepares them to enter the world of work. It helps them think about attitudes and values about money, career strategies. They can talk there about economic justice, workers' rights. And they learn things like paycheck deductions and responsible use of credit, how to avoid predatory lenders, renting versus buying, different types of investing. And all of that also comes with really meaningful experiences for them to collaborate with the employees at J.P. Morgan Chase. That's an important component. We provide girls with mentors and role models so that they can actually envision a financially successful and independent future. And they can see women particularly in the kinds of roles that they might be imagining for themselves. What we want to end up with is 
first of all, girls come away understanding about money in relation to themselves, their families, their communities, their country, their world. But then they understand that learning about money is a skill that is just as important as reading literacy or numeracy. Learning to read and write and understand these topics is all the same kind of basic knowledge. And it's really important, especially as it relates to gender and race. It's important for them to understand that there are real and systemic challenges for women and people of color. And once they understand those things, they can enter the workforce aware of those challenges, but also ready to do something about them, ready not to accept them just because they understand them. We believe that girls have the right to prepare for interesting work and economic independence and, and that they already are leaders in many ways. So they need to understand that economic understandings are part of the power that they hold to change this world. It's part of the power that they have to wield in order to move ahead. So you said two things that I really want to stress, and I think they were some of the reasons why we were so interested to get involved and partner with you. One is that really you can teach girls at different ages, different concepts, and it's really not ever too early to start talking to them about money. So starting as young as six is very valuable and changing the things we can teach over time is exactly what's right as we tailor things. So I think that is just a very exciting part of the program. And then the other thing is just, it's so much more than just hard skills, quantitative skills. It's around leadership. It's around your pay equity when you get older and you start to work. It's around uh, the careers you can choose. It's so much more about these bigger life lessons and values and not just, you know, can you put together a budget, which is important, but obviously there's just so much more. So I just wanted to bring that out as, you know, two really very valuable aspects. And so thank you for sharing those things. I'd also say, you know, with young people, it's also important that these are hard skills. And I think there's a lot of concern, you know, that math is difficult and economics is a really big word and a challenging concept, but it needs also to be comfortable, if not outright fun. And I think that some number of girls do think it's fun, but, you know, I think there's an assumption that we might bring to the table that it is learning and you must learn and there's inequity and you have to address that. But it's also for the people who understand it, it's a fun thing to do. It's a fun way to think about the world and a great lens, I think that it's very powerful. So we don't want to forget that certainly, you know, the youngest girls, it needs to be fun. It needs to be something that is an activity that's comfortable and fun and not just a sort of a eat your vegetables kind of activity. <laughs> right. And when you talk about topics like gender and racial inequality, how do the girls respond? Do they bring their own experiences to the table? Does anything surprise them? What do you find? I am sure that people are across a wide range. I still know that it's not easy for families to talk about these topics. And so I think a lot of the initial conversations that girls have are the ones that they have in these settings with the volunteers and in the company of their Girls Inc. sisters. I think learning about the inequity is always a little bit surprising because it's so longstanding in this country. It is surprising to think that something like this just goes on and goes on and goes on and that we're at the stage of teaching people about it so many years after the conversation began, rather than having it be sort of a footnote in a history book saying, you know, once upon a time, there was pay inequity and people didn't value the contributions of women at the same level that they valued the contributions of men. That at this point, it is stunning. It should be stunning. That that's a conversation that we're still having and that we're trying to still chip away at it with six-year-olds and still trying to, you know, forge 18-year-olds and sort of say, go out there and, and make this happen differently. So I think girls respond to it by taking up that challenge and finding their way into it, but they're still entering a society that continues to place them in a certain role with respect to money and financial management and 
pay equity, that there's, there's only so much we can do to teach them that it's wrong. We need to really start showing them that it's not acceptable. And so both these things, giving them the tools to challenge where we've been in the past and change things, but also to acknowledge that it's there are both really important. Exactly. And with an appropriate vocabulary that really kind of enters them into the conversation, not just to complain, but to propose solutions and advocate for change. What role should parents take in educating their children on finances? The first thing I'd say that it's really never too early, as, as we've just said, to start talking to kids about money and to give them opportunities to understand money. I think our girls, especially, you've heard me say that a lot of them are coming from homes where finances are a challenge. So I don't know that there needs to be one sort of prescriptive way to enter into this conversation. But I think it's true that no matter where girls come from, it's likely that the majority of their adult life, they will work for pay and that they will at some point be responsible for their own finances and their own financial well-being and potentially also that of their family. But we know that girls feel less confident than boys. So I think parents really should you know, come in and make sure that girls have opportunities to understand money, that they have a chance to be responsible for money or be responsible for thinking about a budget and thinking about what is the way to use budgeting and thinking about money in that way to get from point A to point B, to set a goal, to save for that goal. It is likely to be more challenging for these families. It isn't as though we can sort of impose you know, a set of values that says you should demonstrate this by saving this amount of money from your budget. But families need to talk comfortably about money in front of their children. They need to be open in talking about it and let children know that it's okay to talk about it, that it's not a, it doesn't need to be a secret. I mean, there are certain things that are not your business when you're a child, but that's at a high level. People need to understand that a budget is necessary to run a household, that families think about things in terms of goals and budget setting. I think it's important for parents also to get some of the training that's necessary to help them have these conversations effectively. And, and there's a workshop that's part of this program called Money Talks, where Adults have a chance to think about their own vision for the future and and work with their girls to think about how do you write about goals? How do you set goals? It helps them have those conversations. It helps them really forge that connection and, and build that bridge between not being all that comfortable and not having been brought up to talk about it themselves to a world where they can actually talk to the girls about it. And you know, as the girls are learning more and more, the adults are also learning and it, it gets that family on a firm footing to just have a conversation to say, here's how we comfortably communicate with each other. Money is okay to talk about. Financial practices are okay to talk about. I mean, I I think families make their own decisions about how much they let their children into the struggles and the challenges and the fears that they have. But I think it's important to let people know that it's, you know, everything is managed. It doesn't just happen the way it happens. The situation that you're in is the situation that you manage and that you monitor and, and control. We've really enjoyed running some of those programs with the parents as well, really getting them involved and just seeing how both parents and girls together can be on this journey. So that's a really special part of the program. So another thing we love to do together is mentoring girls, whether that's on financial literacy or career potential and what they might want to do with their lives. Talk about mentors and what the girls seem to gravitate toward in terms of types of people or maybe industries that women are working in. You know, what really resonates with them? One of the first things I'd say about this is that there is statistical evidence that having a role model, an adult role model, gives young people a really positive sense 
of their own potential. And that's an important thing, especially for girls, especially for low-income and first-generation students. A mentor can make a huge difference in their ability to be resilient, to stay on track in school, to make healthy decisions, to graduate from college. But so often people don't end up with mentoring opportunities. It's really at its core, having a mentor is a signal that somebody cares about you, that you matter, and that you're not by yourself. And that transcends the topic of the mentoring, especially. But I think it's also important for a topic like this, financial literacy, economic literacy, If you could have a role model who was a woman who understands this, who talks about it comfortably, who also models healthy choices, who also cares about you, that goes a long way to moving the needle from a thing that is good for you that adults tell you that you should do to a thing that can be a possible choice for you. You can actually see that the perception of a leader can change. If you picture a banker, you you might just easily picture a woman now because you have met more women than men in banking. And your perception is that this is what women naturally do. They all do this. And it's hard to convince you anything different. That's an important thing when you're starting out. I think it's important to have the JP Morgan Chase employees who are part of this program, not only talking with the girls about economic literacy, but also talking with them about leadership and also modeling for them that when they're older, I hope that they'll come back and be mentors. And I hope that they'll be mentors in the Girls Inc. Network, particularly I don't know that it's so much about specific industries or specific sectors when girls are thinking about the mentors that they need. It's really, it's about a genuine connection. And it wouldn't necessarily matter if that role model were in the field that you ultimately want to be in. It's really the the question is, can a woman who was a girl like me at one time grow up to be successful? How does she do that? What are the challenges? Will she be honest with me about you know, how you don't just wake up and you're perfect one day and you have every job that you've ever wanted and you've got all the income that you ever dreamed of. What are the bumps? How do you overcome them? Who do you talk to? How do you navigate this? That journey is an important piece of it. And then again, when you overlay something about your financial journey and your career goals that are related to finance, you've got somebody who's talking with you about an area that's hard to find people to talk to about. And it's also hard to find women to talk to you about. These are women who are role models and they are mentors to Girls Inc. Girls. They're helping to build that sense of possibility, but they also happen to be women who love economics and finance. And that's a thing that lights them up and makes them thrive. and, And that feels happy for them. So you're seeing all of it in one bucket. It's really, I think it's wonderful to have the chance to talk to people who love what they do, who, who see success in the industry that they're in and who are willing to sort of take that out and say, hey, let me tell you about this thing that makes me really happy, not insisting that you do it, but giving you one possible pathway. If you, if this is what you like, this is great. This is a perfect pairing. If it's not, finance is probably part of what you want. Economic literacy is part of what you're trying to do. Math is certainly in there somewhere. Let's navigate it together. And I will continue to be interested in your journey. So Kristen, I would love to talk with you about your experience with Girls Inc. You're a freshman in high school, and I understand you've been involved in Girls Inc. for nine years, which is incredible. So I'd love to learn about your experience and what it's meant to you to be involved in the program. With Girls Inc., I've met so many different girls. There's so much love between the girls, and we have really created a strong sisterhood. The staff is so supportive and encourages us to do things that challenges us. Girls Inc. has pushed me to become a leader and to be myself. With Girls Inc., I have become more confident within myself. Can you tell us about any programs in particular that you've really enjoyed? 
I really enjoyed, we do a lot of STEM-based activities, and science and math really sparks my interest. So anything that's with science or math, I'm all for it. Sounds great. Has that influenced you to start thinking about what you might want to do for a career? Yes, I have that well in mind. I want to become an anesthesiologist. An anesthesiologist. Fantastic. A lot of training ahead. (laughs) So good luck. (laughs) And it sounds like, too, you've really met a lot of other girls who become very good friends. Yes. What draws you to them? Have you found some similarities between the other girls in the program? Just finding more girls my age, I go to a predominantly white school, so finding more girls my color, my age, and girls who like things I like and understand the struggles we go through, that's what really pulls us into each other. So understandable, and that's so great that you found them there. So I know you've also gone through some of the financial literacy programs, and so I'm curious, do you have any savings and financial goals? Uh, goals you might have set through those programs? Yes, we've done like lots of business competitions and we've made business plans with budgeting and marketing. And it was really cool to see the experience from start to finish of how to become an entrepreneur. I have plenty of goals that I want to save for. I will be 16 in the fall, so I'm saving up for my first car. I want to become more independent and have the freedom of going when and where I like to go without having to ask my mom to drive me everywhere. Mostly because I'm in a lot of educational programs like Girl Thing, school activities, so kind of just that big independent part of having a car. And then I also want to save for college, and that's a big thing. College yes. is expensive. <laughs> For sure. Both of those goals, though, so important. And so you mentioned thinking about a business plan. Would you want to create a business? And if so, in what area? Yes, I would. I am thinking about starting a business. I am on the verge to it. I would like to make a custom cosmetics line that is customized to your skin type. It would be completely customized. So if you have oily skin or more dry skin, it will all be perfect for you. We could all use that. That's great. I hope you keep going with it. Do you have any favorite memories from the time you spent with Girls Inc. since you've had so many years there, you know, maybe when you were much younger or or even more recently? Yes, I am a part of Eureka, which is a STEM-based program. My first year in Eureka is a year to remember. We go to different college campuses with college professors, and we learn with our college professors for about two hours. And being on a college campus is a big deal. You're not used to being up there with the big dogs. So it was really cool. Um, Like I said, we do a lot of STEM-based things. So we did a lot of coding with, like, robots. So we made robots dance, run around the room, spin around in circles. It was just really cool. That is so great. Is that the kind of thing you might want to do on your own time then, even at home? Um, Maybe. Any other goals that you have right now for yourself? you know, as you think about your next chapter after high school? My biggest goal is just focusing on my grades. I'm trying to get as many scholarships as possible, hopefully even a full ride to college. And so given that you spent so many years in Girls Inc. and have such great experience, is there anything you'd want to share with other girls your age in terms of 
what you've been able to learn and how other girls might be able to have similar experiences? We learn all types of things. All of the staff believe in you. And if you don't believe in yourself, they will definitely believe in you and give you so much more confidence. They ask you what you want to learn, what can they help interest you and go from there. And we learn so many things from learning about money and businesses, coding. We do musicals. We do all sorts of things in Girls Inc. So being able to be a part of Girls Inc., I think it's a big deal. I feel like every girl should have the opportunity to be a part of Girls Inc. That's fantastic. And you speak in such a passionate way about the people there who've helped you, shown confidence in you. Is there anyone that has been particularly important to you over the years? Yes, Miss Brandy Jones is our step facilitator and step is like another form of dance. And I have fell in love with it. She even went and made her own team outside of Girls Inc. And I'm still with her. She was also a Girls Inc. when my older sister was there. So she's kind of been following my family for years now. So we still keep in contact this day, make sure I'm okay. And she's like another mentor to me. That is so nice. And I love that. She's really been part of your family for so long. So Stephanie, when you hear stories from Kristen and from other girls, how does that make you feel as the head of this organization? It makes me really proud that we have the opportunity to partner with organizations like yours to create these opportunities. Really, it's so important for us to be able to offer programming, especially programming that deals with financial education in a safe and supportive environment. We love to hear that girls enjoy solving complex problems, and we certainly love to hear that that sisterhood of support is the environment that really motivates them, moves them forward. All you have to do is make an investment in these girls. All you have to do is give them the opportunity, and you see the results. I mean, you see with Kristen what is possible. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Stephanie and Kristen, for speaking with us about Girls, Inc. and your experiences. I'm just so inspired by the program. We always love hearing the outcome and the real day-to-day experiences that your girls have. So thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for having us. Huge thanks to Stephanie and Kristen for spending some time with me. Women on the Move is proud to partner with Girls Inc. and support its mission to help girls be strong, smart, and bold. I love the lesson Stephanie shared about the importance of defining your own worth. And I wish Kristen the best as she pursues her ambitions in business and medicine. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe so you won't miss any others. For J.P. Morgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank N.A. is a member of the FDIC.